0: High. It's a dig!
1: good morning arm
0: good morning <laughs> how are you i'm li- I'm living man i'm living life is good
1: <laughs> i've got a coffee i saw you got a coffee what's your what's your uh, mixing is that like an oat milk thing that you got going on there almond milk
0: yeah good. i you, so i have some friends that make fun of me they're like do you have like any normal people milk um because no. since I was a kid, I've always had almond milk. It hurts my stomach. Dairy hurts my stomach. I'm sorry. It, I, it just I also think my, my hot take, I think it's slightly abnormal to drink cow milk. I just, I think that's for calves, but you know, that's my, I know I'm going to get bludgeoned for that one though. So I'll I'll keep that one to myself for future, but yeah. Yeah. So
1: I, I could bludgeon you, but I'm not going to. My my pushback is, um you know, the overwhelming majority of the population drinks dairy, but also, my defense to you is I'm weaning off of dairy, too, because I, I find zero benefits of dairy. I feel bloated and gross, and it lactates your throat like you can't talk very well after you have dairy. I've, I mean, there are a lot of cons and not many well, pros.
0: Well, yeah, of course, you've related to the broadcasting side, but it's actually true. I have a, I have a friend who's a professional athlete who like, is ridiculous about like everything he, he intakes and whatever, and he calls milk a hormone cocktail. Um, so I just, I've always kind of just grabbed that and run with that one. So that's perfect. Um, yeah. It's just, I'm so healthy that I don't drink milk, but I also don't work out and I eat poorly. Uh, but, but at least I don't drink milk.
1: Well, do you want to key them into your crippling caffeine
0: addiction too? <laughs> no, that's for later. Dude, there's like cans of energy drinks and and, and co- there's all, yesterday's coffee finished over here. Yeah, no, that that's for another time. <laughs> It, that's the classic
1: formula for for a fun and and you know chill podcast, right? You start with something not related to your podcast subject, and then you get into your podcast subject, right? Yeah, we did that. I, I learned that in Podcasting One Hundred and One. <laughs> yeah, I actually learned that in Three Hundred One. So you beat me to the punch Ooh. by a couple of years. How about that? Um, this isn't just baseball show. Tuesday, May Third, we're gonna walk through the power rankings that will be live on the site at noon today. Um, That's a venture that I'm taking on every other week to just kind of address the legitimacy of the contendership of these teams. So, you know, the power rankings like, okay, yes, the Twins are, you know, one of the best teams in the American League record wise right now. Um, Are they one of the best teams in the American League? No, probably not. The power rankings will reflect that. You just mentioned before we started recording, the Rockies have a better record than the White Sox. Um, and you know those are my two favorite teams at the moment, mm-hmm. um, but the Rockies are not going to be higher than the White Sox because, come on, y- you step away and you take a five-foot view, let alone a 30,000-foot view, the Rockies don't have a better chance of winning the World
0: Series than the Chicago White Sox. I, I, yeah, at least at this juncture. Right? Like, if, if we get a month into the season and the, and the Rockies are still doing – or another month into the season and the Rockies are still doing what they're doing and the White Sox are fading, then we can reevaluate. But, yeah, I think – I think the best way to put it is, is like this is if you had $20 and you had to put it on a team to win the world series, w- would you put it on the Rockies right now? Or would you put it on the white Sox? Exactly. I'm still putting it on the white Sox. I- I'm getting closer to not, but we're not there yet. And so I think that's kind of the way I was looking at the power rankings too was like, okay, if I have $20 to bet on a world series winner, like how would I do it? Um, and even though the white Sox have been one of the more, Disappointing teams in baseball thus far. They're super talented, and if we're if we're looking forward, they haven't quite disproven everything we believed at the beginning of the season yet. But they're doing a great job of trying to trying to get there. Uh, I think they're getting pretty close. But uh I, I'm excited. I mean, the power rankings I know take you a lot of time, and um they're a lot of fun. People get really pissed about them. Yeah, which, that's why I love them. Yeah, see, that's why I, I I'm glad you're doing it because uh, I'm very sensitive, but um, I just I don't understand why people get so mad about him because it's like there's never going to be a perfect uh, power rankings in the eyes of everybody. Uh, But I think this is pretty darn solid. Uh, I mean, like there's a few like I want to get your thoughts on overall. uh, But for the most part, I was like, I can't really, you know, make any crazy case about anything.
1: Yeah. So a, a couple things on that. Number one, I live for combat. I live for being a villain. So um, I look forward to welcoming all the hate from this list as, as humanly possible. So whether people throw it at me on social media or whether they reply to the article or whether, you know, maybe somebody gets my Twitter information and DMs me saying, you're an idiot. Get out. Get out of baseball media. I'll say, you know what? You, you just fueled me for the next week. Let's go. Um, the other thing is we're going to turn this into a into a and a like and ask the author because you can't get any more egotistical than that, right? Yeah. So no, um... no. You're, you're all in.
0: Do you mind? I, I'm going to print out this, this these power rankings. Can you autograph them for me?
1: Yeah, absolutely. My, uh, th- I think the classic um, line that I think a lot more professional athletes should be using is, "I'm trying to turn my signature into an autograph."
0: I think that's <laughs> kind of sick, right? Well, we were talking about it last time. A lot of these kids like don't know cursive. So yeah. they actually need to turn it into an autograph. I have, I have so many baseball cards, prospect cards, where it's either just straight up, just printed like regular, just, just regular print, or it's just a line. Yeah. Um, like there, there's never, it's never great,
1: man. Um, before we get into the power rankings and you're going to kind of guide me through those. And I'm just going to tell you my reasoning for that. Um, three guys that I want to talk about, two call-ups and one not call-up yet. (laughs) The one not call-up, let's start with Nolan Gorman in St. Louis, because Nolan Gorman's hitting the ball better than pretty much everybody except for this cat, Moises Gomez at A with St. Louis. Oh, yeah, now
0: Now we talk about Moises Gomez, (laughs) yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, he plays on the moon in that that Texas league, but you know what? Oh, well. Um, Yeah, I mean, Gorman, he's got, what, 10 bombs so far? 11 triple a lead 11 bombs that's a triple a lead gorman is hitting the ball better than pretty much anybody in minor league baseball and i've seen john mosey say you know what yes what he's doing down there is very impressive but we need to see it spaced out a little bit and you also got to think how does this affect our big league team because nolan gorman can't really play short DeYoung is the one that's struggling right now. Tommy Edmond has an OPS over 900 at the moment, and he's a gold glove second baseman. So John Moselak brought up a great point. He was talking to the Valley Sports Midwest people on uh, on pregame on Sunday. He said, you got to think, if Nolan Gorman is trying to force his hand, what does that do to Tommy Edmond? Or what does that do to Nolan Arenado? Those are our two best players here. So you got to think about how that affects the big league club. Um, but he said, you know what, at some point, like, if he kicks down the door... You know you can knock for however long, but if you kick it down, you're here. And I think yeah. Nolan Gorman is getting as close to kicking down the door as he ever has.
0: Absolutely. I mean, like he's he's worked really hard. Um, from everything that that I've heard, is is that he was grinding through the off with the Cardinals and and with you know team team officials. To he didn't need build. to be
1: forty man protected.
0: Yeah, and no, no he didn't yet. Um, so. So he was right. able to kind of do all of those things, and right. uh, he was able to work with people. And so he was grinding through all of that to to kind of just get his swing right. And one thing that has worked so far is he's hitting lefties much better. He was really focusing on keeping that front side on it, you know, staying on the ball. So he's hitting lefties better. But if you remember, one thing I've always talked about with Gorman on the call up is is that velo blows him up, yeah. uh, and he's just a little bit slow, especially at the top of the zone, and. That's still a problem. So the, the quality of contact is there. And you look at the numbers like, oh, he's hitting 321. Like, you know, he, he's hitting fine. And now he's finally hitting lefties. But he, he's also struck out almost every single game this year. More than half of the games have become, have been multiple strikeout games. And over his last three games, he has struck out eight times. Uh, so, you know, you, you look at that and you realize, okay, those 11 home runs are not going to show up the same way in the big leagues. Yeah. And the strikeouts will. Um, th- they know what's what's going to happen there if they call him up, and, and and even if the numbers look pretty on the surface, uh, you can see a hitter that won't quite translate yet, and that's okay. That doesn't mean he's doomed. He's 21. He doesn't turn 22 for another month. But all I'll say on Gorman is he still has some things he needs to adjust. He still needs to work on some things. And moving and uh, putting him at second, moving Edmund to short, and and shuffling things around that might not be the best way to do things right now because still Paul DeYoung. Even without hitting, is giving you good defense at short, and I think he's a positive f four player. Gorman's still adjusting to second base as well. Yeah, and and
1: Sosa is giving you excellent defense at short excellent. when he's spelling DeYoung too. So I'm honestly, I think I'm pro Sosa at short over De Young am. and move De Young to the bench as opposed to bringing Gorman up right now. Um, Gorman sounds Gorman sounds a lot like Dan Ugla right now. The, the, three, <laughs> yeah. the three true outcomes, second baseman.
0: He actually has turned into a Dan Oglo profile, which is, which is hilarious because he's not playing third anytime soon. Right. I mean, you got one of the best third basemen of all time yeah. uh, right now uh, over there. That's one the gold the gold gloves. What? I'm glad you said that, but, but is it, is it not true? No, it's true. Like, it, he's won a gold glove every single season. He's been here. And when, by the time he's done, it's going to be him and Brooks Robinson when it comes to, to, you know, total gold gloves at the hot corner. And oh yeah, he's hit all right too. Yeah, uh, you're not you're not displacing that guy. So Gorman has to play second. And yeah, I just I just don't see it happening anytime soon. Uh, but you know, he's he's making improvements. He's making strides. It's it's a consistency thing. So, so honestly, don't even pay attention to the home runs. Pay attention to, if you want to see Gorman in the big leagues. Pay attention to the K's. Uh, and no. if you're watching the game, see if he can catch up to the heater.
1: Interesting. How about that? Um, I'm getting so I I've been in on Tommy Edmond for a while. I'm getting more and more in on Tommy Edmond. I, I don't think a 900 OPS is legitimate, but I think 800 or North and gold glove caliber defense uh, at second base and the ability to play any of the outfield spots is there for him. I think Tommy Edmond's one of the more valuable second basemen in baseball.
0: I mean, the, the thing that stands out to me so far is he's walking too. Um, yeah. So, you know, you've taken a guy that had always great bat to ball skills. We talked about this with prospects. Um, and, and now he's added the plate discipline side of it. So to me, hit tool is, is, you know, has multiple aspects to it. It's one, the ability to literally put bat on ball, yeah. but also it's swing decisions. And Edmund's swing decisions were not always the best. Uh, he was never a high OBP guy. Now he has the, the great bat to ball with better swing decisions, all time low or career low strikeout rate. I know it's been 21 games, but still yeah. and career high walk rate by a lot. He's doubled up last year. He fully has doubled up last year's walk rate. So I I am loving what we're seeing so far. And uh, you mentioned the defense, you mentioned the speed, hit 30 bags last year. He's getting on base more. So he could do 40 bags this year. This is a dark horse stolen base leader, uh, potentially, if if he starts, you know, racking those up a little bit more uh and starts going for it a little bit more, but he's five for five this season. He does a little bit of everything. And three home runs isn't isn't nothing either. You know, he's he's adding a little bit of power too. It just a teensy bit just a teensy bit of power.
1: Um, You know, he's probably a 10 homer guy, maybe a 15 homer guy, but uh, you know what? I'll absolutely take that Two call ups real quick. MJ Melendez for Kansas city, Jose Miranda for Minnesota. Melendez came a day sooner than Miranda and Miranda came when a couple of guys went on the IL. Um, Let's start with Melendez because we talked about this for a brief moment. Where does he play with the Royals now?
0: You know, it's, it's funny. I, 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 look at the situation. Obviously we, we think he should catch, you know, you um, should catch not all the time. I think Salvi should still catch despite, you know, all the crazy metrics, but um, hmm. I think, I think it's a couple of days a week behind the dish. I think it's the DH rule because right now that's been Hunter Dozier for about 30% of the at-bats uh, then it's Salvi when, you know, he's not catching. So you can naturally get a fair amount of at-bats that way. Right. So, when Salvi's catching, he's DHing. Uh, when Salvi's, you know, DHing, he's catching. And then I know that the Royals have been moving MJ around a little bit. He played nine games at third last year. I highly doubt that they'll do that. Unless while Bobby Wood's out, maybe they try a little bit of, of MJ at third. He's yeah. also played a little bit of left this year where he's looked decent. Uh, I think that would be to just on on weird days to keep him in the lineup. But for the most part, I, I think it's just gonna be DH and catcher. And he should be in the lineup five days a week if that's the case, which is more than enough to justify having him up at the big league level. This is the guy. This guy led the minor leagues in home runs last year with 41. Uh, he can really play, and the Royals need it. Uh, I'm excited to see what MJ is going to do.
1: And the beauty of it is, it, it genuinely sounds like he's going to be in the lineup pretty much every day, either as a DH or a catcher. So five out of six games in in a seven day span. Um, and as soon as they decide that Carlos Santana's 136 batting average is not going to do it. Nick Prado seems to be ready in the wings uh, in Omaha.
0: Very, very, very unfortunate how you just use batting average to push your Carlos Santana agenda. Yeah, sorry. More walks than strikeouts, <laughs> <laughs> even though he's hitting 136. Yeah. No, no, they they, they got to get that guy out of town. <laughs> yes. uh, I'm sorry, they, but there's paying him 10 mil. So I, I don't know what the plan is there. Prado is a guy that instantly, I think, upgrades for you because he walks a ton, too, and offers more power and offers better defense, and, I mean, he's he's the next guy to come up.
1: You know what? Simple solution. See if Steve Cohen has any inter- has any interest in, in a minority ownership stake in the Kansas City Royals because he has shown that he is willing to eat however much money
0: it takes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know if – I don't know. They've got – they've basically had to trim the fat with useless, immobile guy already. Yes. So, uh, Carlos Santana may not be uh, someone that they're interested in. Is it is so Robbie Kano is gonna get onto the ballot. What type of voter votes for Robinson Cano? Uh to me, maybe someone that covered him through all of the Yankee days and uh really holds on to that. I I just there's there's a level of the repeat offender thing when it comes to PEDs. Uh there's a level of just this was never a hard-nosed guy that, that played the game you know, at, at 100 miles per hour at all times. And he was one of the smoothest swings and uh, most productive second baseman, really, we've ever seen. But, you know, and of course, if it's not for the PEDs, he's in the Hall of Fame. But, you know, with the PEDs, with the, with the kind of attitude and, uh, I think, just persona that he's carved out for himself through the years – I don't see this guy being uh, very widely supported when it comes to the Hall of Fame.
1: So I, I laughed out loud yesterday listening to a baseball broadcast. And that that doesn't happen often. <laughs> like, I, I don't even think that I invoke that in, in a lot of people. Um, Dave Sims, who is typically the TV voice of the Mariners, you know who I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Um, he had that viral clip of uh, that Mitch Haniger RBI single last gate, last game of the regular season, or second last game of the regular season. It was so that was it was freaking awesome. It was electric. So Dave Sims, um, sometimes he hops over to the radio side to work with longtime voice Rick Riz, and they were talking about Cano getting DFA'd, and obviously he signed that massive deal with Seattle, and then went to the Mets as part of that trade with Diaz for you know Kelnick and all those other pieces, um, and and. Rick Riz brought it up and Dave Sims hopped in on the radio side and said, oh, I loved working with Robinson Cano. He's such a nice guy when he was here. But when he got traded, you know, I I saw him in the clubhouse and I said, hey, man, don't get popped again. And he got popped
0: again. (laughs) I was like, that is that's a hilarious story to tell. Don't get popped again. That Honestly, that's that's some balls right there to say that to, to a player.
1: Yeah, but I like mean, that's who that's who he is. That's who he he seems like
0: and I'm totally here for that. Don't get popped again. <laughs> and he did. And he he did. did. And and the you, if you notice there was definitely a trend with voters that like I, I know most of the PED guys I mean bonds didn't even get in. But it seemed like the guys who were one and done at least in terms of being caught uh and owned it and whatever were, were were more widely supported the guys that were repeat offenders. They didn't seem to get that much momentum uh, on this last ballot. Cause I would say we did see some momentum with the PED guys in the last ballot, not as much as, as we were, were hoping with some of them, but with, with, with some of the repeat offenders, that momentum was not, was not matched. And uh, I assume we're going to see something similar with Robinson Cano. It's just been a pretty un ceremonious end to to it all right like I I don't know if he's gonna get one more chance somewhere I don't, I don't I don't know what that's gonna look like I assume he's gonna try his best because I mean the Mets owe him a lot of money anyways <laughs> yeah. it doesn't really matter um but I mean th- this was a guy that even in Seattle he, he was good he was really good he had one year where he was phenomenal yeah. uh, but I think there was a level of wait was this guy really worth the contract that we gave him no. Uh, and the answer is probably no. A 31 year old second baseman in his first year of his deal for you or 30, uh, is probably not worth that one of the first really multi hundred million dollar deals that we saw in baseball. Uh, that, that, all that said, Cano was, it was a Hall of Famer on the field, right? I mean, 302 career hitter, 60 war, F war almost. You know, he had a phenomenal career and still is going. We'll see what happens, but. 2632 in terms of hits if he never got suspended could have pushed closer to 3000 but again it's it's just kind of the uh, not the the ending you'd want to have
1: yeah 100% um one more call up before we get into the power rankings and we're not going to run through all 30 because you know that that takes away from you visiting justbaseball.com to actually look at 1 through 30 so you're just going to kind of walk through and and point out what's interesting um Jose Miranda is coming up with Minnesota Uh, This is because of a pair of IL stints. I want to say Kyle garlic just went on the IL and Miguel Sano might've just gone on the IL. So now
0: Miranda is up. Miranda shouldn't go back down. No. And he should have been up last year, (laughs) not even to start this season last year, he should have been up. Um, But you know, now Miranda gets an opportunity. We talked about it. Like this is a chance for him to, to really not let Miguel Sano get his job back uh, because for, for us, I know we were talking about it. It's a no-brainer for me to, to play Miranda at first base every single day mm-hmm. instead of Sano. I mean, Sano is a, a negative defender at first, which is hard to do. And he's not hitting. He's swing and miss. It's, 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 you know, three true outcomes, except two of the three outcomes are much more frequent than the other. Like, it, it's just not good. Uh, and you have somebody like Miranda who still is – Going to make up an account for just as much power production. Uh, hit 340 in double and triple A last year. He's an aggressive hitter, but pales in comparison of aggression to, to Miguel Sano. He'll be j- just fine, I think. And and I, I also like the idea that, you know, if you do get Kirilov back, you can move Miranda kind of all over. He, he's capable of, he's not great, but he's passable at third, second, corner outfield, first base, you can make it happen, uh, and DH, of course, and and I think that's that's valuable enough. I mean, you stick Sano in left, that's must see television because that'll be some beer league stuff out there. So right. it, there's a little bit more versatility, and I think the bat's going to be better out of, out of the gate. I really do.
1: Like if Alfonso Soriano was chunky, <laughs> like that's yeah. that's Miguel Sano in left field. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, Miranda, I saw him play third. He was fine at third. I certainly prefer him at first. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about the corner outfield anymore for Miranda. I think that that Jose Miranda, for the most part, should be a corner infield guy. Um, but you know what? If, if you've got a first baseman, third baseman, DH, Kirilov can play the corners. We already know that. I mean, I, I think this is just a bat
0: that Minnesota is going to want in their lineup for the next six years. A hundred percent. And again, the production last year really backs it up. To strike, he was one of the only players in the minor leagues to homer 30 times and, and strike out less than 15% of the time. Uh, I think he was one of three players to do it. Vinny Pascantino, another one uh, with the Royals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it, it, that's just a special territory, and that, to me, translates, and I, I think we're going to see it translate. He'll have, he'll have some rough patches. He's super aggressive. But, again, I think he's going to get into his power more. He's going to be more consistent than Sano. Um, and and I'm a big fan of his. I, I'm very excited to see how he looks in Minnesota and a team that is already looking good gets a nice little boost too because I do think he's an upgrade um, from Sano.
1: Yeah. Hey, uh, before we get into the power rankings, uh, Loop, nice jersey in the background. Friends at Loop are are putting together some insane polls on an everyday basis. Um, I know you spent some time on the app uh, this past weekend. You didn't get
0: uh, any insane polls, but you got some that you can hold on to, right? So it's funny. I was on the subway back from the Mets game on on Sunday and I was like, all right, I need to kill some time. Uh, So I went on the loop app and I was just like, I was like, I want to see what the sellers have. I was more seeing if if they got the new Bowman baseball in and uh, I see this one dude, this one asshole, such super nice guy, by the way. I'm calling you an asshole because he had 2019 Bowman draft, which means I'm going to spend a ton of money. Yeah. Um, and because uh, I love that draft class, dude, we talk about it on the call up uh, and this guy was awesome. You know, he was having, so I was having so much fun with him ripping it. He's like getting all amped up and I'm like, damn it. I'm going to buy another pack. I bought three packs. Uh, but it, that draft class is Riley green, uh, Corbin Carroll, uh, Adley Rutschman. It's loaded with, with Bryson Stott like studs through there. So uh, I didn't pull anything insane, pulled a few base cards of Riley Green, got a Kendall Williams autograph out of 250, which is not the most exciting autograph, but it's an autograph. And um, I was like, oh no, if these sellers have old stuff too, I'm in trouble. Uh, But Loop's also doing something pretty exciting. Um, They have a Wander Franco signed jersey giveaway starting May 5th. So Thursday, May 5th on the Loop app, uh, Mikey B cards is giving out a wander Franco signed Jersey, which I, that I'm in on that. Um, yeah. I, w- I would love to to be able to get that. Uh, so May 5th at 2 30 PM, if you download the the loop app, which the link is in our description, um, this guy, Mikey B great seller. he will be doing personal rips of, of Bowman packs with the new stuff coming out. I think tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, and, he will be giving uh, away a autographed Wander Franco Jersey to anyone who, who enters by buying a pack will be eligible to potentially win this Jersey. Damn. It's pretty freaking awesome. Cause I mean, talk about how one of the most marketable and and also one of the most sought after names right now in the, in the hobby. Wander Franco is it. And uh, I'll, I'll take, I'll download an app to, to take a shot at getting an autographed Jersey from one of the best young players in baseball.
1: And use the link in our episode description the direct link that tells loop that we sent you. We got to tell loop that we sent you. Okay. Yeah, um, please. <laughs> is it, is it Wander Franco and Shohei Otani that are like the two most sought after names?
0: Dude. Yes. It, it's wild. I, when I went to the national card show, uh, which loop had a, a presence at too, and uh, it was just Shohei everything. And then, I went to another show a couple months after that, which was after Wander, you know, started to really heat up and it, that's all, everybody was haunting. And I I like that. I think it's fun. Like I love going after those names, but you know, I'm more, I'm really into the prospects. So with Bowman baseball coming out, you know, we're, we're going to be ripping some packs on the app as well too. And we'll be selling on there soon. Our guys are getting uh, set up there very soon on the loop app. So we'll be doing some, some rips on there and. I'll be like FaceTiming in to talk about prospects and stuff like that. So very much looking forward to that. And we'll have more info on that uh, in the coming days. But uh, I, I, the prospect stuff is funny to me because you look at Wander and show, Hey, those guys are dominating at the big league level. You look at the, the hype on the prospects We talk about like Jason Dominguez and all these other names and uh, people like really just kind of group think on the prospects. So it's kind of a fun opportunity to get in uh, with some cheap players, but I'm really excited about this checklist that we've talked about finally coming out tomorrow. And, and loop has uh, gotten all their sellers equipped with the Bowman baseball, George Valera, uh, Khalil Watson, uh, some really exciting names getting their first autographs in the next box. uh, And those will all be available on the loop app tomorrow. So between the Wander Franco giveaway and the, uh, the, the new Bowman baseball, it's definitely worth clicking that link in the description and downloading the loop app
1: click the link in the description. Don't go to the app store, click the link in the description, and then you can download the loop app from there. Okay. It's like loop. uh, It's like slash just baseball. That's the big thing. Um, So that's, that's the word. All right. Tell me what I did wrong with the power rankings. Tell me where I'm an idiot and tell me where I'm a genius. And you are lauding my um, abilities to rank teams one through 30. Um, okay.
0: I'll, I'll get to that approach in a minute. I also okay. just want to, I want to use the approach of, of just interesting talking points. Cause I, I know where you had sticking points, not even because you told me just because this is where I think I would have, um, some sticking points. Also, yeah. <laughs> this sentence is really funny. The tandem of Anthony Rizzo and Aaron judge are the most prolific power couple. And then in, 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 uh, in parentheses, both men are happily married. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so.
1: I, I figure, you know, they're not actually a power couple. Um, they are a power tandem, but I wanted to use the word couple there. Um, and I just wanted to make clear that the judge had a private ceremony in Hawaii. And uh, Rizzo's girlfriend was all around Wrigley Field when he was a cup.
0: Are you sure they're happily married, though? What, what? I'm not
1: sure happily. Should I take out the word
0: happily? It's still in the uh, editing process. No, I think it's a fine assumption to take. I, yeah. I, I would hope that well, Aaron, you're going to get a call from Aaron Judge's PR team. Aaron Judge is miserable <laughs> in his marriage. OK, get hey, that right.
1: Hey, Jack, this is Aaron Judge. Do you have 20 minutes to talk?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you made me realize. But anyways, Giants versus Yankees. How yeah. difficult was that? Because you you've got Yankees of four, Giants of five. Yeah, it's, it's hard Two teams that are that are doing phenomenally out, out of the gate. I mean, the Giants were previously three. The Yankees are arguably the hottest team in baseball. So they jump up from 11. But leapfrogging the Giants was the one spot where I'm like, OK, that must have been tough to decide.
1: It was hard. Um, I, I think I did it because I ride hot hands. Um, I, I think that, you know, it the Yankees were nine and one over the last 10 when i wrote this up on monday and then didn't they just win last night didn't they beat toronto Mm -hmm. last night like Mm -hmm. the yankees offense looks unstoppable right now and i talk about that tandem of of rizzo and judge and they're hitting the shit out of the ball and then you got glaber torres starting to come around finally and you got isaiah kiner falefa hitting above 300 what are we doing here and then i look at the baseball reference page and i look at the highest war players that they have. And I'm like, who is generic white person that I've never seen before? Who is this other generic white person that I've never seen before? And it turns out it's like Michael King, Clay Holmes without his curly hair, and like Clark Schmidt. It, the bullpen is insanely good. The starting pitching with Nestor and Jordan Montgomery leading the way and Garrett Cole being the third fiddle with a three flat ERA is mind blowing.
0: Yeah. So until Cole's been quote come- unquote garbage and he's got a three era right Right. so
1: like until this team comes back to earth i've got to just ride the hot hand with them and honestly if if i had to choose between the yankees at this moment with this look and the giants at this moment with this look with logan webb not looking as sharp as i thought he would to win the world series
0: i think the yankees are my favorite over the giants i'm with you and i think rizzo's been a big x factor in that too i mean what he's done has been phenomenal and Uh, the power has been insane he is lifting the ball more than ever before he is pulling the ball more than ever before that
1: came from driveline and you know like there are some things with driveline that you know I don't necessarily see eye to eye with but you know what they said here's what this guy did when he realized that he was going to be at Yankee Stadium he decided that that short fence in right field was his so he's elevating and he's pulling and that's why he's got nine bombs
0: and the shift is, is a, has been a pain in the butt for him for a while, right? It's like, do I go over it? Do I go against it? What do I do? Now I can just go over it. You know, a lot of those fly balls that would have been, you know, like warning track outs are getting out now, and he's leaning into that, and that's been huge for him. Uh, one other thing that's crazy about the Yankees is you talk about the, the, the staff, but from top to bottom, if you look at pitching F war, uh, they're number two behind only the Milwaukee Brewers who are, you know, like the pinnacle of pitching yeah. and, and ahead of the Dodgers. So, so, I mean, this is a team that, you know, is, is really clicking on all cylinders. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I, I like the Yankees move. I think they just have more firepower. I, I know the giants have that balance and they have all these pieces, but it's also a team that's predicated right now, like a lot of its successes is, is based on Carlos Rodan, who, you know, I think it would be, it would be, ill-advised to assume that Carlos Rodon is going to do this for the entire year. So mm-hmm. w- when you have that also in the fold, it makes it even more difficult to, to feel good about, you know, them moving forward. Uh, another team that I, I thought was kind of difficult to, to peg at this juncture, actually back-to-back teams that I thought were difficult to peg, Then I'm interested to see how you stack these guys up because they both dropped, technically speaking, one more than the other. The Rays dropped one spot tonight. The Braves drop five spots to 10. Both teams were two two of the better teams last year. Obviously, the the Braves weren't one of the better regular season teams. They won the World Series. The Rays were one of the best regular season teams and did their thing where they flame out in the playoffs. Uh, I know they made the World Series, but I'm waiting for them to do it all because we say it every year. They're underrated. They're underrated, but they have never finished the mission. They're extremely talented. Uh, Both teams are. uh, But I would say both have been a disappointment thus far. Yeah, how did you stack up the levels of disappointment?
1: Yeah, so I did. I have Atlanta right under Tampa. Yep. Yeah, so I had Atlanta right under Tampa because I I, I genuinely don't know if the production's going to come back from the players not named Austin Riley or Matt Olson right now. I know Acuna is not going to be you know two for fourteen through his first three games like he yeah. is right now, um, and, and Acuna is going to be a massive producer for them. Um, but you know what? This is a team that has been performing through the first month without Ronald Acuna Jr. I know that Ozzie Albi's had a very strong power start to the year, but he's hitting 205. Um, and then, you know, like aside from Riley, who's hitting the ball like nobody else, um, Matt Olson, who's getting on base like nobody else, and Marcelo Zuna, who's had a, a nice stretch of the first month, even though I I vehemently disagree with the fact that he's on a baseball field right now, and I know you yeah. do too. Um yeah. I I don't know where this offensive success is going to come from. Dansby Swanson looks terrible. Travis Darno is not swinging a good bat whatsoever. Um, I I think that you know this offense has top end talent, and I think that they'll have three really talented players. I'm worried about the other six that fill out the lineup.
0: So you know, what's funny about Darno is is as of late now he's starting to catch fire, which is which is interesting because I think he's one of the streakiest catchers I've ever seen. But piles in three hits. Uh, In his last game yesterday, and now all of a sudden the batting average shoots up. It just shows you how, like in small sample sizes, (laughs) you can have a nice stretch of like four games and get going. But the problem is with Darno is he hasn't stayed healthy. Um, Like he's just never stayed healthy. Uh, And and now 33 years old, we'll see if he can do that and what that looks like for them. The the Rays, though, I I haven't seen that like that same explosiveness yet. But I I think they're going to be just fine. I'm kind of curious what what your what your take is there with the race. They're 13 and 10. It yeah. feels like they're not even that. Like I I feel like they've been even a little bit more disappointing than what they've been. Wander Franco is asserting himself as one of the best young players in baseball. Uh well actually I, I should rephrase that. One of the best players in baseball period.
1: Yeah. Right. Um and Sitting what 313 I, with an OPS and nine, eleven?
0: Now now up to three twenty-two with an F four of one point five, a one seventy four WRC plus. He's he, he's he's unconscious. G man Choi is striking out a ton, but he's walking even like more ridiculously, yeah. and he he's just putting up a crazy stat line, probably unsustainable. Where else is the rest of the offense coming from? Uh, that that's my concern with the Rays. So I I I do like the Rays ahead of. All right, sorry. I actually like the Braves ahead of the Rays is what what I was going to say because. I do have some concern about where the offense is going to go. Josh Lowe was sent down. You know, we'll see if, if he can get acclimated a little bit more in A before he comes back up. Kiermaier has been a bit of a disaster. Brandon Lowe has been has been rough, but I think he'll, he'll get it going. But where is the offense coming from with this raised team outside of Wander Franco and whoever steps up on that given day?
1: Yeah, so I, I think that I'm hoping that Yandy Diaz is a short stint on the IL. Um, but if Yandy Diaz is your offensive savior, I don't know how I feel about it. My big difference that, that made me put Tampa ahead of Atlanta here is on the bump um, because I, I think Atlanta, Kyle Wright's been a revelation, obviously, Yes, but everybody else has kind of underperformed. Freed's got a three ERA, so Freed's been fine, but Ian Anderson has looked slow out of the gates. Charlie Morton hasn't looked too hot right now, and Huascarinoa Noah literally got optioned down. No, he's now. been horrid, horrid. So, yeah. you know, these are guys that we were expecting to contribute here, and obviously Spencer Strider throws gas, but – you know, how, how big of a deal is Spencer Strider going to be for you? My thing with Tampa is we we were talking about it with uh, Colby. Who's writing up a piece on just baseball.com right now about Tampa's new ace, Shane McClanahan. I was super high on McClanahan last year and I was waiting for the command to, you know, fully form the command aside from a couple of spurts, you know, like he he's got the affinity for letting up a severe contact once or twice an outing. But Mm -hmm. aside from that, this dude misses bats left and right. And I think when Boz comes back, that one, two of McClanahan and Boz with Rasmussen as the three is dominant.
0: R- Rasmussen, who's, who's who I was going to mention. I mean, he, he's he's for real, man. The guy's surgical he spots up. The stuff's great. Uh, I, 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 that was such a good a good trade for them. And then J.P. Fireison has been insane, too. Uh, they've used him as the opener role they've used him out of the bullpen he hasn't given up a run yet this year yeah dude I uh, mean you want to talk mutually, I know, I, yeah yeah oh sorry I was gonna say like yeah they gave up Adamas but like th- th- this is just some good pieces for them
1: well and you got Wander Franco like Wander Franco is your short yeah now so I talk about mutually beneficial deals and we just saw it in full effect yesterday um in Marlins Diamondbacks too you had Adamus. Yeah. Um, you had Adamus for Rasmussen and Fire Eisen. that's mutually beneficial. And then you had Zach Gallon with going to Arizona for Miami with Jazz Chisholm as
0: what the main return, right? Yes, it was one for one, one for one swap. Gallon shoved yesterday, and Jazz was pretty much the only guy that was doing things for, for the Marlins offense. He had a big double to drive in two runs. And then what was one of the coolest plays that, that I saw this year was uh, Jazz is on second ground ball to short backhanded by Nick Ahmed, who thinks he can make every play. Cause he almost can. Yeah. Uh, and he tries to make this cheater jump throw. The second jazz sees that he's there's two outs, He's be lining around third. And by the time the throw gets to first and the first baseman goes to throw it home, Christian Walker goes to throw it home. Jazz is diving in. So jazz scored from second on an infield single. I, I mean, like that's the kind of electrifying stuff you get there. But then, I mean, the D backs needed pitching so bad and, and they got gallon. Like it's cool to see those mutually beneficial deals. One thing I wanted to talk about it since, since you let into it, you think Jazz Chisholm's an everyday player now? I do. I do think Jazz can, is an everyday can, can player. You tell, can you tell Don Mattingly that that one of the only exciting players the Marlins have had since, like, Jose Fernandez is, is actually an everyday player? Yeah, so
1: the one problem with that is Don has a bit more baseball pedigree than I do, um, so even if I did tell Don Mattingly that, I don't know if he would take my words to heart. Is that fair? Has he seen your power rankings? No, he has not seen my power rankings. Why don't I just text that to him and say, "Meet me out, meet me outside in five minutes."
0: Yeah, the Marlins would be higher if you played your best offensive piece every day. Yes. um, I think I think that would be a good way to put it. But the Marlins, you put them at fifteen, I think that's a good spot. But Twins, Marlins ahead of the Twins. <laughs> that's 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 one I'm I'm interested in hearing about because the Twins are fourteen and nine, the Marlins are twelve and ten. How did you? Uh, how did you get to that one?
1: I've got some pitching bias, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. Also, I think Minnesota is in. If if the NL Central isn't the worst division in baseball, the AL Central is, and I, I think it's becoming very clearly the AL Central is the worst division in baseball. Um, my thing is Joe Ryan is throwing like like a one right now. He's he looks like he's the front runner for the American League Rookie of the Year as it stands right now. Um, having said that. Bundy can't keep this up. I don't even think Bailey Ober can keep a mediocre startup. Um, I, I'm not sure what the Twins pitching looks like. And I know that the Marlins pitching is going to be great all year because as soon as Elias or Hernandez you know, stumbles a teensy bit, Max Meyer is waiting in Jacksonville. He's ready to come south.
0: Yeah, he's got like a one five ERA and Triple A. He doesn't need to to prove anything else. And and again, now that it, Max Meyer coming up to the big leagues, I, that Marlins rotation's got to be one of the, one of the best in baseball. I so I I
1: texted you a couple of weeks ago. You said are the Marlins a top ten rotation in baseball? I said top five, like because okay. because we were talking about them as top ten before the year, um, and then when Lazardo looked the way he did the first couple of starts, and and I mean it's yeah. Yeah. And Pablo Lopez, he was the NL pitcher of the month by major league baseball. Like everybody looks really freaking good right now. So I, if you admire to the fold, they are inarguably a top five rotation in baseball to me.
0: Yeah. And I, I agree with that. And I think that's what's going to keep the Marlins kind of hanging around, but the offense is really frustrating to watch sometimes. And that's where I look at the twins. You know, the twins can, can put up runs in bunches sometimes. And then we've seen the offense stall out. It's largely dependent on Byron Buxton being healthy when he has seven home runs in 15 games. And, you know, when he's in the lineup, he's money. Max Kepler looks really good. Uh, but where, where's the rest of the offense coming from them right now? I mean, I, I know Carlos Correa is going to get going. Uh, he's already starting to get going a little bit, honestly, yeah. quietly. And I think it's going to be one of those things where we're going to blank and we're like, Oh wow. Carlos Correa has a 115 WRC plus already. Like He's getting right there. Polanco is going to be better too than 198. You know, I think he's going to get going a little bit as well. He's he's proven enough uh, in his career. But they're kind of, if you combine the two teams, they'd be perfect, right? Uh, the, the Twins have some overperforming pitching that, you know, we don't know if it's going to sustain, but an offense that I think is, is going to hang around and help them stay relevant. The Marlins have phenomenal pitching, an offense that is overperforming right now. The pitching's going to help them hang around and stay relevant. And, and I guess when that's the case, you're always going to lean on the side of of sustainable pitching than sustainable offense, right? And um, I think that's why the Marlins get the edge here.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely my reasoning. I always lean on that. That's why I pick Virginia to go so deep in the tournament every freaking year because Tony Bennett, defense can't go cold, right?
0: Yeah, defense can't go cold. No, it's fair. I, the Marlins offense, so dude, I it would really they've been great so far, given what the expectations were. But, dude, I can't watch Jorge Soler and obviously El Garcia swing much more. And I mean, they need to because the most expensive players in Marlins have. I think they account for more than half the payroll. Yeah. Can't watch those guys play much longer. Um, I, I just can't. Uh, I want to get to. Let's see. I think there's there's one or two more that, that stand out to me. Um, the Reds at 30. Very obvious. Um, but Phillies Rockies. This is the last, actually, like, stack that I want to get to. Yeah, I watched the Phillies, you know, this past weekend uh, at City Field. Uh, yeah, And they're such a weird freaking team, man. They, they, they are horrible in the outfield. We had seats, like, just adjacent to, to Kyle Schwarber and left. And I watched him just stumble after a ball that got by him into the gap. And I'm like, this is a disaster. Where We have a perfect view of Alec Boehm's footwork at third. That was a disaster. Yeah. Um, it, it, was, it was not great defensively. Uh, the offense obviously got no hit one day, came alive in the later games. But I mean, sometimes the, the task for the offense is just too daunting. Uh, and I look at a team that has iffy pitching, horrible defense, and at times an offense that is a little bit one-dimensional, uh, what, at what point do the Rockies you know, eclipse the Phillies? when the rockies pitching doesn't look terrible is that fair yeah um but the rockies pitching always technically looks terrible right so
1: i guess when it doesn't look as terrible as it does right now
0: so uh, like chad cool has been on another planet right now uh austin gomber has been pretty pretty good uh Outside of that, yeah, I mean, Kyle Freeland and they extended him. I don't know why, but, uh, and, and Senzatello has been fine. Like, yeah. what, 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 what does a good Rockies rotation look like? Because I think if they, if the team rotation has an ERA in the low fours, I, I think that's a way for the, the Rockies to win. Yes. That, that
1: absolutely is a way for the Rockies to win. Um, I, that's a good question. Cause in recent memory, I don't know if we've seen a good Rockies rotation because when Ubaldo Jimenez was the best pitcher on the planet, he had zero reinforcements behind him in the rotation. So like, I think I need Marquez to look really good. Um, and I need Sensatella to continue throwing like he is right now. And I need Freeland to tick up. I need to have confidence in three starters and I've got confidence in zero to
0: one at the moment you know what i was thinking about too i'm like imagine you're in that three game wild card setting on the road <laughs> the rockies are gonna get boat raced oh. if, if it would be horrible it would be horrible and and i was thinking about it. i was like okay what did the year that the rockies made the world series what did their rotation look like it wasn't great it wasn't great i mean they had jeff francis at the top you know yeah. and, and francis get a 4-2-2 era that year uh aaron cook had a 4-1-2 josh fogg had a 494, Ubaldo had a 428. He was 23 years old that year. Um, and, and that was really it. I the bullpen was pretty darn good. Remember Brian Fuentes? Oh, yeah, uh, and Manny Corpus Jeremy Affelt. So and LaTroy Hawkins. So I think that was more of the the edge for them. They had a, a an uncharacteristically solid bullpen, and obviously the offense is always gonna be unreal, and it was unreal. Uh, that year Todd yeah 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 they had Todd Helton going off they had Matt Holliday with a 1000 ops that season yeah. and they had Brad Hopp hitting 30 home runs and driving in 116 so you know that that was a unique team that obviously got demolished uh in the World Series by the Red Sox but you know I'm look, looking at what the the recipe is for the Rockies it's always kind of hard to figure out uh but I I do believe in this offense I know you do um but they're kind of similar in some ways right like an offense that's going to perform and pitching that we're like, uh, the difference is the Phillies have Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler. And who are you going to for the big game? If you're the Rockies. Correct.
1: It's, it's Herman Marquez. He's healthy and Sensatella. Um, And I would absolutely side with Wheeler and Nola over Marquez and Sensatella. Um, the, The other thing is on May 3rd, I'm still holding out hope that Wheeler and Nola can turn their seasons around. But on June 3rd, If they still look like they did in the first month of the season, I don't know. Maybe they flip-flop, and we'll see what Chris Bryant looks like when he comes back. KB's hurt at the moment, too. So um, I'm siding with the track record of the offensive pieces of Harper, of Castellanos, of Schwarber, um, in a Real Muto. And then I'm siding with the track record of
0: the two best pitchers in the starting rotation, in Wheeler and Nola. I'm with you. And also something that's really stood out to me with the with the Phillies is Alec Bohm, ever since that incident, um, you know, has, has really been swinging it well. Yeah. I think he almost like got out a lot of emotion and stress and whatever. And that standing ovation <laughs> like seemed to really help him. Bohm has been phenomenal. Uh, the guy's hitting 309 with a 373 on base. and He's hitting for power. You know, he's hitting doubles. He, he's, he's hitting extra base hits. Uh Schwarber is heating up. You know, he was really good in that. He needed City Field. He always crushes at City Field. He needed City Field to get him going again. Uh, and and I know he's gonna get going and, and be better. Uh Bryce Harper is is gonna be better than he he has been so far too. So, I mean, this is a team that the offense is gonna come around. And again, I I'm I don't have any concern about Zach Wheeler personally. Uh, and again, like we talk about FIP and you know, you you put the value into it, but when it's someone like Zach Wheeler and you see a large discrepancy uh his era is 579 the FIP's 362 i'm willing to say that there's some outliers and some weird stuff going on with wheeler and he's going to be just fine you know yes. that that's a guy that I'm, I'm not as worried about it with and i'm going to look at those numbers and say okay he's fine um so they'll they'll be they'll be but they'll be a lot better off uh i, I do need, think they need to find another arm though and it's gonna be interesting to see how they try to do that um, their system has kind of gotten better on its own with yeah. Andy Painter being phenomenal out of the gate. Their first-round pick with Mick Abel looking phenomenal, Johan Rojas looking good, um, and you know Stott didn't play great in his big-league debut, but has really boosted his prospect, you know, value. Yeah, I'm very interested to see what they do, but I, I think Dombrowski's going to go get an arm because they need it, uh, and it'll be interesting to see how they approach that but Gibson pitching. Well, I think really puts them over the top two uh, of the Rockies at the moment, but I, I thought it was an interesting talking point too of like expectations and still holding out the hope and how you stack those guys up. hundred uh, percent, full power rankings, one through 30 live on just
1: baseball.com at noon today. <clears throat> so go check those out. Um, you heard some of the interesting stacks that we just did um, again in the episode description, go get the loop app. Go get that Wander Franco jersey. You have to. It's signed. Yeah, I'm.
0: I'm actually very intrigued to see if one if one of our listeners wins the Wander Franco jersey because there's going to be a, a fair amount of people entered in that, but not like given what you can win. That's a, that's a pretty high high percentage chance giveaway there. It's like it's like playing the 50-50 raffle at the Marlins game. Um, <laughs> you know, there's just not that many people in it. It's not as much of a pot, but you got a pretty good chance of winning it. Franco is a pretty sick pot, uh, and you might have a pretty good chance of winning it
1: yeah amen um all right it'll be you and peter with a mailbag tomorrow so